And welcome everyone to the Cajun Strong Style Podcast, the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles's exclusive pro wrestling podcast. And honestly, there's a lot of great stuff going on in the world of WWE, AEW, and as well as MMA on this week's pod. We got good friend of the program, Bryce Boudreaux, going to be joining the pod, talking about Gulf Coast MMA invading Burton Coliseum for our folks out in Lake Chuck. They'll have some MMA stuff going down this weekend at Burton, the bouts in Burton. I'm going ahead and kind of coining that phrase right here. And now we're going to talk to him in just a little while. But in the meantime, and in between time, I got some other thoughts to get to in the sport of professional wrestling. I think the biggest one when it comes to the WWE is the fact that we have another return that honestly, I think we all knew was coming, but whenever it, it happened, it was out of nowhere because for weeks, we kind of thought it was going to happen, especially whenever Triple H did take over the reins as the head of WWE in terms of the creative and talent relations. Because if there's one guy that has a good relationship with Triple H and also Shawn Michaels, it's got to be one Johnny Gargano. But we were all hearing about the rumors and innuendos for several weeks. Then... On a random Monday Night Raw in Canada, which, by the way, may have been one of the best Raws they've put together in a good while. They had really good matches, and the show flowed extremely well for three hours. Again, Triple H is making WWE great again, which is a good thing for the sport of professional wrestling because, again, a rising tide picks up all ships. Now, when it comes to Gargano's return, everyone was saying for weeks it was probably going to be in Ohio, in his hometown. But that was too obvious, I think, for a lot of people to say, hey, they're going to do this. Well, no, they don't have to do this. They're going to go ahead and kind of swerve you around and do it a different way. And that's exactly what they did. And to be honest with you, kind of freaking worked. It was a great idea to have him show up. And they didn't have a big announcement, say, hey, big hype up for him. It was just, oh, hey, play his music out of nowhere. Let the people react. Show the old DIY logo, all that stuff was fantastic. And whenever the Gargano nameplate showed up on the screen, people went nuts. Even I, like I think I I dozed off a little bit during the first hour of Raw, full disclosure. I've had a little bit of a different week where I'm having to go in around like 5 o'clock in the morning. So bear with me if I didn't just pass out during the show and woke up. All of a sudden, I hear Johnny Gargano's theme, and I perked up immediately. Absolutely loved his work in NXT. Even his short-lived main roster run back in February 2019 was actually at the show, the infamous Cajun Dome show, where he debuted to a reception unlike any other, as in nobody reacted. He got the reaction he absolutely deserved. The dude has been crushing it in over the last decade. I, I'm telling you, that's why I really would love to see more of the Evolve WWN Live stuff. Hell, I, I don't know how far back Gabe Sapolsky has in terms of the archives that he can actually legally put up through Peacock, but put some Dragon Gate stuff on the on the Peacock network so I can rewatch some of that again because they that dude put on some bangers as the Dragon Gate's USA's champion because that dude was on another level back then. Had one of the longest reigns that I can remember. It was it felt like damn near three years. And really added some prestige 
to what I think was probably the biggest indie promotion outside of Ring of Honor. And I say indie promotion because I think that's what Ring of Honor really was at the time. And we'll get to more old school Ring of Honor a little bit later on. But it was great to see the debut of one Johnny Gargano. Oh, it was a really, I think, I, I said I fell asleep, but it was still a damn, damn good episode of Monday Night Raw because I wound up watching the rest of it later on. Just really good stuff all throughout the show. The main event with Edge, Damian Priest, that was really good. Overall, just enjoyed it. But the fact you have Johnny Gargano, now you wonder what's going to happen now. It's like it seems immediately he's going to have a feud with Austin Theory, which feels like everybody's going to have to eventually feud with Austin Theory. Again, I said it a while back when he won Money in the Bank. It felt like... Austin Theory was going through a My Rise kind of cutscene. And it was great seeing those two back together. And you get to see a little bit of the, the shade of the Austin Theory we all liked because he was the himbo. He was kind of that dumb, dorky, good looking guy. But now he's absolutely the detestable dickhead kind of character. And it, it works for him because, again, a lot like Sammy Guevara. Austin Theory is a very, and I mean very, punchable face. Now, how long it lasts, I think that's anybody's guess at the end of the day. But another thing I want to get into right now is what happened on AEW Dynamite. Because, my God, that was a bit of a head-scratcher for a lot of different reasons. Now, AEW kind of booked themselves into a corner here for a lot of different reasons. Because, number one, you have CM Punk come back. A little bit too early, maybe. And then you blow the wad way too early. It felt like AEW had their first major missed up. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of people, namely the WWE stands, are going to come at me with pitchforks saying, hey, what about this? What about this? I don't necessarily think certain things like the Brandy Rhodes Nightmare Collective, the ending of the Exploding barbed wire death match. Or lack thereof, a resolution of that match. That didn't hurt AEW that much in the long term. Because they were able to steer away from it and make sure you completely forgot about it, Men in Black style. But now, this is a little bit different because, number one, you book yourself in a corner by having a world title bout two weeks before the biggest pay-per-view you have all year long. And we can get into a debate all day long about whether or not this is the WrestleMania of AEW or if, you know, double or nothing is. I've gotten a debate with many people before. Honestly, I would agree with the, with the statement that All Out is their WrestleMania. It's the biggest show of the year. Now, how do you kind of move forward from this because you had the match with CM Punk and John Moxley and they tease as being a match that could go the 60 minutes wound up going only three minutes after CM Punk seemingly injured his foot and there were a lot of people including myself who were kind of thinking about it and I was zapruitering the film the footage of it if you know what I'm talking about with the zapruder film or zapruder cut I wound up seeing right when Punk hit that kick now again just in terms of injuries he had his Injured foot was the plant foot on the kick. It wasn't the kick that actually connected. 
It wasn't the leg that connected, I should say. But still, you put all your weight on one foot, that's going to wind up hurting it. So it made sense in that way. And yes, CM Punk got jobbed out. But it also made me question a lot of things because now you don't have a true next man up in my mind. And I could be completely off base with this, but I was looking at the rankings for AEW following or heading into Dynamite. And it was mind-boggling to me to see this. So you have your top five. Hangman Adam Page, Powerhouse Hobbs, Chris Jericho, Daniel Garcia, and Jay Lethal are your top five in your rankings. And obviously, Jay Lethal's involved in a match at All Out. Chris Jericho's involved in a match at All Out. Powerhouse Hobbs is involved in a match at All Out. Daniel Garcia's more of a tertiary part of a match at All Out. With the Jericho Danielson match, Powerhouse Hobbs, he's involved with Ricky Stocks. Hangman Page, again, he's kind of a tertiary guy in the grand scheme of things because you've got, it, it feels like that this is the direction they're going to go with the trio's titles is Dark Order versus the Elite for the six-man titles in the finals. It just feels like that's the, that's the direction they're going to go because, again, they want to show the inner conflict with the Dark Order, excuse me, with Hangman Adam Page and the Young Bucks and Kenny and maybe even the Undisputed Elite where Kenny joins them or there's something going on. There's something fishy going on that's going to kind of kickstart this big feud that's going to carry over to the next year and how Hangman and Adam Page reacts to it. Does he leave his new friends behind to go back with his old friends when they need him the most or something? There's a lot of questions with that. But again, now you have a million-dollar question because now John Moxley's your champion And in terms of making wins and losses matter, and they've never done this before with the world title. Just solely based off of my recollections. I could be completely off base with this, but I am 99% certain we haven't seen a rematch this quickly. It's the old WWE way of doing things. And it's basically saying, hey, we had a match for the title. I lost it. I want a rematch. We've never seen that happen with the world title. I think we saw it with the TNT title and that weird kind of wacky world that was the Codyverse into Sammy Guevara, Scorpio Skies feud, which lasted about 10 months. But we've never seen it to this level, to where it feels Like, you don't know what's going to happen. And if you're CM Punk, I mean, if you're AEW, and you see a guy, CM Punk, who just lost a match in three minutes, got squashed, not quite, you know, Brock Lesnar squashing John Cena, but pretty dadgum close, it's a bit of a slap in the face to those fans. At least in my hard hearts. Because you talk about wins and losses mattering and it's the wrestling matters, all that stuff. And that you want to run that back as a main event. And even if CM Punk wins, turns heel, or whatever they do with it, 
it's going to wind up taking some of the shine off of your top title. And that's saying something, especially when you see how the TBS championship has been handled versus the women's world championship since Thunder Rosa has held it. Now she had to vacate the title due to injury. And this is a legitimate injury with apparently a disc injury in her back. So yeah, that's something that's been going on in the not too distant future. AWs booked themselves into a corner as we approach seven days at the time of this taping on Sunday, August 28th before the pay-per-view gets underway. All right, here's the interview with Bryce Boudreaux coming your way right now. And welcome back to the Cajun Strong Style Podcast. Always good to get a guest on from time to time. And I'm absolutely loving the fact I get to have this guy back on the podcast. We had him on back in 2021, but feels appropriate to bring him back on as we're getting ready for a massive MMA event on probably one of the biggest weekends in in combat sports and sports entertainment. Gulf Coast MMA 17 going down at Burton Coliseum on Saturday, September 3rd, and it will be live on pay-per-view. Doors going to be opening at 6, fights at 7, and it's always an honor and a privilege to bring on a good friend, and that is the Dapper Yapper, the cage announcer, the play-by-play commentator. Man does it all, and that is Bryce Boudreaux. Bryce, pleasure to have you on, my man. Let's What you got going on? CD, what's up, man? Thank you for having me. It's always great to have you on on this podcast and talking some great MMA across the Acadian area. And damn, you're hitting the border of Texas with Gulf Coast MMA 17. So chat me up on what the prelims are going to look like for those that are going to want to make their way over to Burton Coliseum early on a Saturday night. Man, dude, Gulf Coast MMA is going to be Gulf Coast MMA 17 rather is going to be uh, pretty amazing. Uh, we're, we're back at the Burton Coliseum in Lake Charles, Louisiana. We're going to be live on pay-per-view, combat sports now. Um, it, it, it's it's going to be a an incredible night of mixed martial arts, a true treat for uh, people that live in South Louisiana or wherever you might live if you want to come out and make this event. I mean, this is this is like a globally professional event that's happening right here in Southwest Louisiana, and it, it's awesome. But you want to talk about those prelims, man. Uh, the prelims are just as good as the rest of the card. We've got some incredible fights to kick off the show, especially our first bout of the evening going down in the Gulf Coast MMA flyweight division as Alonzo Escobedo uh, takes on Nevin Driehouse. Now, Nevin Driehouse made his debut with Gulf Coast MMA. Um, I believe it was in November of 2021. And it was in, uh, it was in Biloxi, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so uh, we, we we went to Biloxi. We had this huge event. I don't think it was in November. I don't know. I'm losing. I'm losing track of time here. But I know his first bout with us was in. <laughs> it was in Biloxi at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, and we did not know anything about this kid. You know, we heard he was 18 years old. It was his debut fight. So welcome to the big leagues, kid. Already your first fight. And you're doing it live on pay-per-view at the Hard Rock. And this kid comes in out of nowhere and beats an opponent that's like twice his age. And we were blown away. Since then, he has gone undefeated. He's fought all over the all over the South. And uh, he, he's an undefeated fighter right now, amateur fighter, flyweight fighter, right out, right out of Lake Charles, Louisiana. 
So we're looking forward to seeing Nevin Driehaus taking on Alonzo Escobedo. It's our first bout of the evening going down to the Gulf Coast MMA flyweight division. And um, a little bit of trivia here. Nevin Driehaus works for our title sponsor, Buffalo Wild Wings, an Aspire 2B brand. So uh, I'm sure the Buffalo Wild Wings crew will be cheering Nevin on, as well as Michael Boyer, the GM of Buffalo Wild Wings, will be there. I think he'll be on commentary with me for that one. Our next bout of the night goes down in the Gulf Coast MMA middleweight division as Joe Borkowski takes on Jeff Versackerly. Now, Jeff Versackerly coming off of a pretty tough loss uh, from our last event at the Burton Coliseum. But can he bounce back against a tough opponent like Joe Borkowski? We shall see. Um, Jeff's got a lot of heart, and Joe Borkowski is a uh, Joe, Joe Borkowski knows what's going on. So we shall see what happens in this middleweight bout. Up next. The Mastodons of the Hexagon as James Ford takes on the Shark, Jason Sladen. Uh, Jason Sladen, another local guy, uh, he is an unbelievable heavyweight fighter, man. I've seen this guy just annihilate his opponents. Definitely a guy that's going to be going pro sometime here soon, man. Um, And he's got a tough opponent in James Ford, absolutely, but... Um, Jason Slayton, it's hard to beat right now. I think this will be his debut fight for us at Gulf Coast MMA. Definitely not a newbie. I mean, he's been fighting for a good little while. Um, he's he's legit from right here. Uh, I think he's from Sulphur, Louisiana, actually, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, yeah, the shark, Jason Slayton, he is an absolute heavyweight. And uh, I can't wait to see what this guy does, man. He's super agile. Uh, he moves all over the place. So we shall see what happens. Then our last bout of the prelims going down in the Gulf Coast MMA featherweight division as C.J. Henney takes on Michael Lacombe. Michael Lacombe, another local fighter, tough guy. C.J. Henney, the same thing, tough guy. I don't think he's a local guy. I really don't know where C.J. is from, but going to be a good fight, man. Michael always shows up whenever he fights, so I can't wait to see what happens there, man. Uh, It's going to be a good one, and that's going to be our prelims. But our next bout, (laughs) it's going to be pretty good going down in the Gulf Coast MMA featherweight division. It's going to be for the Gulf Coast MMA uh, amateur featherweight championship as Elijah Brantley takes on Michael Gray. Michael Gray is legit. Um, the guy is a, is, a, is a pretty knowledgeable fighter and he knows what he's doing whenever he gets in that cage. So we're, we're going to see what Michael Gray can do against Elijah Brantley. Again, this, this bout's for the uh, Gulf Coast MMA featherweight title amateur featherweight title so we shall see what happens there man uh it's going to be our first title bout of the evening and uh i can't wait for that one man featherweight division these guys are going to be moving all over the place we shall see that's what what i was wanting that's what i was wanting to get to here with your matchup with michael gray elijah brandley opening things up is a little bit different than maybe what the casual i'm gonna say casual mma fan is used to where you see the title fights at the beginning, at the end of the card, I should say. Yeah. But y'all are coming right out the gate with big title fights. One of the other ones for the welterweight championship, Justin Carpenter taking on Gage Thibodeau in, for the GCMA, as you mentioned, amateur welterweight title fight. What, what can you say about that matchup coming up <laughs> this Saturday at Burton Coliseum? Man, uh, there's so many things that I can say about this next bout. And I'm not just saying that. Like, um, those of you who might not know, I got I got to keep a biased opinion here. But Justin Carpenter is uh, is uh, second cousin twice removed. I guess we can call it the Carpenter and the Boudreaux family goes way back. And uh, so uh, Justin Carpenter is definitely 
definitely not an amateur fighter, even though he's fighting in the Amis right now. He's been fighting for most of half of his life. He's the oldest fighter that we have on the card this Saturday at the Burton Coliseum. Uh, he is in his 30s, and he's fighting a guy that's in his 20s. Justin has been a boxer. He's been a wrestler most of his entire life. Justin is the head coach and the owner of Sulphur Boxing Club. Um, he's going to have all of his students there. And uh, Justin's a knockout artist, plain and simple. He's going to look at you. He's going to see how you're moving around. He's just going to find a way how he's going to knock you out, plain and simple. His last fights with us at, at Gulf Coast MMA have all been won by knockout, easily in the first round. Um his last bout, uh, it, 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 people were uh, Baba Yaga. That's who he fought. And everyone thought that Baba Yaga was going to beat him. And no, things went the other way as Justin Carpenter took him down easily. Easy, easy stoppage in the, in the first round. No sweat at all. Uh, but yeah, man, Justin Carpenter deserves this. He's quickly proven that he is legit. And he's going to be fighting Gage Thibodeau for the welterweight title. Gage Thibodeau. Uh, uh, Gage Thibodeau, they call him God's Warrior, man. He's from uh, Baton Rouge, that area. I think he's from the 225. Look, man, Gage is a tough fighter. I've seen this guy fight before. He's he's uh, definitely he definitely knows what's going on, man. He, he's definitely legit. He's fought for Gulf Coast MMA in the past. I had the pleasure to announce Gage Thibodeau a couple times. Uh, Gage is legit, but you're fighting a different animal whenever you go in there against Justin Carpenter. So, folks, if you want to see a good knockout, this could possibly be the fight that it happens in. I'm not trying to predict the future. You know, who knows? Gage could come out of nowhere. But um, listen, whenever Justin Carpenter gets in there, it's it's knockouts all day. So we shall see what happens in this welterweight title belt. Justin Carpenter and Gage Thibodeau. Justin the Hammer Carpenter, God's Warrior, Gage Thibodeau. And trust me, I would love to see it, especially because I was watching a video earlier today. We're taping this on a Sunday, and I saw this video pop up on Twitter Talking about the summer of violence and all the KOs that have happened over the course of the last three months, capped off by that Kamaru Usman oh. head kick oh at the end of the main event of of this past weekend's a UFC pay-per-view. And I'm sure we could get one of those big knockout shots for the GC MMA welterweight title bout. Talking right now with Bryce Boudreaux, the cage announcer for Gulf Coast MMA 17 at Burton Coliseum. And there's another title bout, but it's not for a GC MMA championship. It's the FSP lightweight title. Now, before we get to the matchup itself, give us an idea of what the FSP is all about. So that's a great question. Uh, So those of you who might not know, FSP stands for Freak Show Productions, owned by Nathan Rogers, which is the vice president of Gulf Coast MMA. Uh, Nathan Rogers used to throw these events up uh called freak show productions or fsp and it was these these pretty good fights in mississippi man uh he had the titles and i guess just over time i wasn't really working with the company then so i really don't know all the ins and outs but i think he just stopped running his own events and just solely focused on gulf coast mma out of nowhere nathan rogers has brought back the fsp brand and i think this is a good way to do it by bringing back the FSP lightweight title back into relevance. Um, Those in Mississippi know a lot about this brand, but uh, it's coming back here. We're going to start using the FSP moniker and the FSP brand at our Gulf Coast MMA events here in the next coming future as we start back running in Mississippi. 
But what a way to kick things off. And and honestly, uh, CD, this could possibly be the fight of the night. Hunter Headshot Smith taking on Yaya Ayash Riles. Uh, and this bout is for the FSP lightweight title, amateur lightweight title. Look, man. The last time we saw Yaya Ayash in a Gulf Coast MMA cage, man, Yaya fought Tanner Gilly for the Gulf Coast MMA lightweight title. And he came up short. The bout went all three rounds. Tanner Gilly ultimately retained his Gulf Coast MMA lightweight, tit- lightweight title. Yaya Ayash was the toughest opponent Tanner Gilly has, has fought and defended that title against, man. Yaya Ayash, he's, he's not exactly the tallest human being around, but, dude, whenever he's got you and he's going to wrestle you, he's going to wrestle you all the way to the ground. I mean, he is an absolute unbelievable wrestler coming out of New Orleans, Louisiana, over there at NOLA Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu West Bank. Uh, those guys, they train with no air condition. Uh, it's tough as nails fighting. All those guys are legit out of NOLA Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu West Bank. So, Yaya Ayash is taking on Hunter Smith for the vacant Freak Show Productions lightweight title. Now, Hunter Headshot Smith, this guy right here, he's another knockout artist, a boxer. He also wrestled for a good little while, so he knows what he's doing. But he's a knockout artist, man. They call him Headshot for a reason. Now, Hunter Smith, he, he's, he's from here in Lake Charles. He's actually from Moss Bluff, a little bit north from here, graduate of Sam Houston High School. He cut a bunch of weight, and he used to be real big, and now he's uh, pretty slimmed up. And of course, now he's a lightweight. And he's fighting Ayash Riles. But Hunter Smith, they call him headshot for a reason. He's a knockout artist. We will most likely see those headshots being thrown against Yaya Ayash. But whenever Yaya Ayash goes to shoot on Hunter and he wrestles him down, man, Yaya Ayash is like an octopus. I mean, he's got limbs on top of limbs. He's going to wrestle you down. and He's going to try to make you tap out of any weight that he possibly can. Hunter Smith just has to avoid that, man. And Hunter Smith is just as good of a wrestler, man. We shall see what happens in this one. I absolutely can't wait. I think this is going to go to the distance. But uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. My, mark my words, Clint. This is going to be uh, – this could possibly be the fight of the night going down in the uh, Gulf Coast MMA lightweight division, and it is for the FSP lightweight title. All right, now we got to get to the main card. I'm excited about all those title fights, but now we get to see the pros strut their stuff namely Austin Parker, Larry Garcia in a welterweight matchup. The co-main event, Donzel Marshall taking on Abram Sellers in the bantamweight bout. And then you got Nico Comisong taking on Josh Walker in your main event in the bantamweight bout. And we talked about the main event with me a little bit more before we did the interview. My goodness, you talked this guy up. He is an absolute beast inside the octagon, or in this case, the hexagon. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, you want to talk about the main event? Talking about Nico Kamishong and Josh Walker. Now, I'll be honest, man. I don't know a ton about Josh Walker and these professional fighters. They they come they come in from all over. But Nico Kamishong is a Lake Charles native. Um, he's from El Paso, Texas, but he lives here in Lake Charles. I think in his mind, he's actually from Tokyo, Japan. He is he is absolutely unreal. He rode in on the tsunami. Uh, they call him the tsunami, Nico Kamishong. He's a guy that goes to the beat of his own drum, but he is an absolute amazing fighter. I've had the honor and the privilege of watching Nico Kamishong's fights. Um, 
I have announced Nico Kamishong a lot. Uh, it is awesome saying the Nico Kamishong Kamishong, you know, so I can't wait to see this fight, man. Uh, it'll definitely go the distance. I think all three of these fights will most likely go the distance. Austin Parker, Larry Garcia, that welterweight bout, uh, bantamweight bout, Donzel Marshall, Abram Sellers, and of course our main event going down in the bantamweight division, Nico Kamishong and Josh Walker. Talking about that Donzel Marshall and Abram Sellers fight, man, going down in the bantamweight division. Uh, Donzel Marshall, the last time he fought, uh, I believe was in New Orleans for Bayou FC. He uh, knocked his opponent out with a spinning head kick, and it was like within seconds of the fight starting. Bam! It was like an unbelievable knockout, like a sports center worthy knockout. And he's from Jennings, Louisiana, man. Like Donzel Marshall is legit. Uh, professional fighter, man. Uh, taking on Abram Sellers, who is no, no newbie, an absolute veteran's veteran. So. Uh, that one is going to be uh, very fun to watch to see, you know, Donzo Marshall, this knockout artist taking on just a fighter's fighter and, and Abram Sellers. But um, yeah, man, all, all three of these fights are going to go the distance. They're all going to be great. Um, but definitely looking forward to the main event with Nico Kamishong and Josh Walker. Nico is 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 one of these spiders. He's, he's one of these octopuses, man. He, he looks like a spider out there, man. He's got limbs on top of limbs and uh, – he, he's awesome, man. He, he's a hell of a striker, a hell of a wrestler. Whenever he's got you down, he's going to put you in every kind of hold he could possibly put you in. Uh, things you didn't even know that were possible. So we're going to see what happens, man. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. This is an incredible card that we're putting on. Sadly, we had some other fights that were planned for this event, but, you know, cards subject to change. Sometimes uh, we can't exactly find people that want to fight these people. We had a couple fights that, that were sadly not on this card, but looking forward to having those fighters come back with us in the near future. But we've got an excellent card. Ten fights, three title bouts, three professional bouts. Uh, the prelims are going to be just as good as the main card. So you're going to want to get those tickets, man. Head on over to Gulf Coast MMA on Facebook or head to Ticketmaster and look us up, Gulf Coast MMA 17. Get those tickets. General admission tickets starting at $45 per ticket. And that is like the cheapest ticket that we've done in a while. We're really trying to take care of this Lake Charles community, man. And uh, we're trying to get people out here and show people like, hey, listen, there's something to do on a Saturday night in Lake Charles, Louisiana, other than going to the casino or going to the bar. Uh, we've got mixed martial arts coming back to the Burton Coliseum. And it's, it's going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, tickets are on sale now. Uh, like I said, Ticketmaster, you can call the Burton Coliseum. You can go to Gulf Coast MMA social medias. They've got the links to Ticketmaster. Or, hey, you can just message me. Uh, I've got tickets available. You can buy them from me directly. Uh, if you can't make it to the event, if you're far away or you just don't think you'll make it, we are live on pay-per-view, combatsportsnow.com, your home for Gulf Coast MMA. Pay-per-view, I think, is $29.99, which is a hell of a deal. Uh, you'll hear me on the commentary table. I think we'll have, I'll have a couple of guests throughout the night. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, it's going to be great, man. Doors are opening at 6 p.m. Fights start at 7 p.m. on the dot at the Burton Coliseum. We're going to have the lights. We're going to have the pyro. We're going to have the music. We're going to have the jumbotrons. You're going to get – it's not just we're throwing a cage up in a brightly lit room. You're getting a hell of a production. It's going to be a show. So uh, it'll be awesome, man. And if you can't make it to the event or if you want to be a part of the entire weekend, Clint, we almost forgot the weigh-ins happening Friday night at Buffalo Wild Wings in Lake Charles, Louisiana. That's the brand-new Buffalo Wild Wings. It's nice and it's big. 
uh, we're going to have the weigh-ins there, and then we're going to have the pre-fight party uh, to get you amped up for Gulf Coast MMA. You can come hang out with me as well as some of the fighters of Gulf Coast MMA and all of our all of the Gulf Coast MMA brass. We're all going to be hanging out there for the uh, for the weigh-ins and the pre-fight party at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. So come buy your favorite announcer something to drink and uh, come hang out with us. We're going to do our weigh-ins there, our face-offs. Maybe things can get a little testy. Who knows? We might have to call the cops. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not, man. All these guys respect each other. I don't think there's any bad blood on this card. So um, it's going to be an absolutely fun weekend. It's, it's, I know it's Labor Day weekend. A lot of people are going to be going out of town, going on some trips, whatever, man. I, I've got plans for Sunday after the fights and uh, Labor Day as well. But, uh, man, this is a great way to kick off the weekend. The weigh-ins happening at Buffalo Wild Wings and then the fights happening the following night, Saturday night at the Burton Coliseum, man. It's going to be an absolutely awesome weekend for combat sports. We are presented by Aspire 2B Brands as well as Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, we're, we're, we're just thrilled, man. It's it's going to be awesome, and uh, we can't wait. Oh, and the after party. Almost forgot about the after party. Oh, my God, going down at Bisu Lounge. Immediately following the fights, shout out to Mr. Adar over there at Bisu Lounge. Some good food over there as well, some good drinks. Or if you're looking for something a little bit more PG, head on over to Buffalo Wild Wings. They'll take you in. That's another one of our after-party spots for Gulf Coast in May 17th. So it's going to be an awesome weekend, Clint. Great. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I can't wait. And all this talk about Buffalo Wild Wings is making me want to break my diet and dig in on a bird dog right now, Bryce. So you're doing a great job of of selling not only this event, but selling me on going to get some very tasty food over at Buffalo Wild Wings. But why don't you tell us what else you've got going on, not just in the world of MMA, but also the world of pro wrestling? Because, no, you are one of the busiest men in this business. You know, I, I don't want to say that I am the busiest man, but I'm definitely up there. I've got a lot going on. Um, as far as professional wrestling, man, uh, I have really been uh, – I've really been kind of – I don't know. It's not like I'm out of the wrestling business. I'm still there. You know, I'm still announcing wrestling. I'm still taking bookings. It's just right now MMA has flooded my schedule. And I I couldn't be happier, man. Uh, I might have some updates on some wrestling events that I'll be doing here in the near future. But as of right now, my schedule for the rest of the year is just pure mixed martial arts. Uh, And and I'm, I'm super excited, man. I can't wait. Uh, I've got some pretty good stuff in the bag that's going to be coming out here soon. Um, yeah, man, I'm thrilled. But as far as wrestling goes, man, I'm still a wrestling announcer. I'm still absolutely a wrestling announcer because right now my inbox is flooded and my schedule's full of nothing but pure mixed martial arts. Of course. I mean, you, not, I'm not going to hate it, right? You're still getting a, a decent payday out of it, brother. Appreciate oh, yeah. you coming on, my man. We'll talk to you down the road, hopefully, with the next big MMA fight, be it over in Lake Charles or right here in the heart of Cajun country that is Lafayette, Louisiana. Yeah, Clint, it, Clint it's, it's, it's going to be a hell of a next few months for me. Um, I've got Bayou FC coming up in October as I'm heading back to the Hyman Center on October 21st, a rare Friday night show for Bayou FC. Uh, heading back to Lafayette, so I can't wait for that. And then we'll be in New Orleans the following Saturday, October 29th for Bayou FC as we invade the uh, NOLA Harley-Davidson dealership. So it's going to be awesome. But Gulf Coast MMA, we're back on the road. We're back in Mississippi on our, on November 12th as we head back to the Las Vegas of the Gulf Coast, Biloxi, Mississippi, uh, at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino for 
Gulf Coast MMA 18 going down at Hard Rock Live, which is an intimate venue. Seats about 1,500 people. It's a nice building. The legends of music and rock and roll have performed in that building. Uh, anywhere from sticks to Sublime to, uh, I don't know, there's just so many bands that have played in that building. Um, so we're, we're going to have a good time as Gulf Coast MMA 18 heads to that building uh, at Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. We're going to have a good weekend in Biloxi, Mississippi, the Las Vegas of the coast. So, yeah, uh, it's going to be fun. I've got a great couple of months ahead. But, yeah, man, tickets are still on sale. Gulf Coast MMA 17. This Saturday night, September 3rd, Burton Coliseum. If you can't make it to the event, get the pay-per-view, combatsportsnow.com. Or uh, come check us out Friday night at the weigh-ins live at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, Lake Charles, Louisiana. It's going to be fun. The business never sleeps for Bryce Boudreaux, man. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. We'll talk to you down the road. <laughs> well, thank you, Clint, for having me, man. Uh, it's really awesome to come on here and talk about uh, – a, a, a true local brand uh, in mixed martial arts, man. We are we are strictly a Louisiana Mississippi brand as we take care of the Gulf Coast, man. It's really cool to come on here and talk about this. So uh, appreciate you, Clint. Thank you for having me on here. Great interview and great conversation with the one and only Bryce Boudreaux. I like to call him the Dapper Yapper. Stealing a phrase, obviously, from Jr. Every time he talks about Justin Roberts. But I saw, I mean, this podcast is, well, we got Clash of the Castle coming up next Saturday, which is weird. And also the fact that it's going to be a 12 o'clock start time. Again, a little strange, but again, we're kind of getting used to that when they go over to Saudi for the blood money to have those shows at like 11 a.m. on a Friday or Thursday or something, which is fine and dandy. But WWE on BT Sport, which... Ariel Hawani, a noted MMA journalist, actually broke down his top 10 British wrestlers of all time. I'm going to go ahead through his list and kind of critique it and give my own personal two cents. And again, this is BT Sport. This is a WWE-affiliated product, so it makes sense the way some of these were ranked because there's a little bit of whitewashing and history, maybe being written a little bit differently about these guys because it's, again, under the WWE banner. Number one, makes sense. The British Bulldog, Davey Boy Smith. Number two, William Regal, the Dynamite Kid, in at number three. Drew McIntyre, number four. Number five, Fit Finley. Number six, Lord Alfred Hayes. Number seven, Paige. Number eight, Wade Barrett. Number nine, Nigel McGuinness. And number 10, Big Daddy who is, mind you, an absolute legend in the business. And I, and then he had some honorable mentions. They went through a lot of them. Gentleman Chris Adams, Giant Haystacks, Kendo Nagasaki, Rollerball Rocco, Johnny Saint, Robbie Brookside, Adrian Street, Billy Robinson, Mick McManus, and Klondike Kate. All of them definitely have their place. Now, I'm not going to go to a top 10, but I am going to nitpick on one in particular. Or actually, two. I think Drew McIntyre is a little bit too highly rated. And I feel like Nigel McGuinness is massively underrated. Again, in the WWE realm, he's never wrestled before, but I think people know how great of a wrestler he was, especially at the peak. I mean, it was him and Brian Danielson were the two biggest names that they had for a good while. So I think there was no doubt in my mind which direction they went with this. So, 
instead of doing a top 10, I'll go through a top five really quickly. And I think you'd probably say British Bulldog number one makes sense. But I'll throw in number one as William Regal. And I'll explain why. He's had a long career. And more importantly, he filled a lot of holes. And he was able to do a lot of different things. That's the biggest difference between him and a lot of the other guys in this top five. Because Regal not only could put on a very good technical match, but he could also tell a good story and be comedic. He was able to do a lot of different things. Like He was a master. It, go back and watch a lot of stuff he did in the early 2000s. Hell, he, going back to, I'd say, the peak of the ruthless aggression era. And go watch his facial expressions every time they'd have him on the microphone or in a segment. Like, go back and watch the first Raw Roulette episode of Raw. This is a prime example of why I think Regal is a guy you need to study if you want to be a wrestling fan. Or a wrestler, I should say. To see how he has the facial expressions down pat when he's dressed up as a Vegas showgirl. It is the most hilarious thing you'll ever see. But it it pretty much helps state the fact that he doesn't want to be anywhere near that role. So just that alone puts him in the top five for me, and it's not even close. So he's number one, no doubt about it. I'll go number two. I'll go Dynamite Kid. Because he was such an influential wrestler to a lot of different people. Especially one that we really shouldn't be named. And also, I think to a certain extent, can be a example of somebody that I think a lot of wrestling fans shouldn't acknowledge nearly as much as they do in terms of a cautionary tale. That's what I wanted to say. Cautionary tale with the in-ring style that he had that wound up kind of not only shortening his career, but shortening his life as well. Again, the Dynamite Kid, if you've never seen some of his stuff, he was a phenomenal wrestler that his career was cut way too short. But again, he took a lot of risks over the years. And that wound up leading to his passing in 2018 on his 60th birthday. So again, number one, William Regal. Number two, Dynamite Kid. Number three, I think Davey Boy Smith. I think you, you can't go wrong with this podium of a top five. And Davey Boy Smith absolutely had one of the biggest moments in the history of wrestling out in the UK with SummerSlam at Wembley Stadium 1992, the main event with him taking on Brett the Hitman Hart. That sunset flip finish is always one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Just the reaction from that sold-out, raucous crowd. It still stands the test of time, even as we are 30 years removed. From what was kind of a mixed bag of a pay-per-view. Number four is Nigel McGinnis, and it's not even close. Like, there's a gap. And I think it's the fact that I loved watching a lot of Nigel McGinnis' matches in like 320 or Potato 
kind of format back in the early days of YouTube because McGinnis had nothing but bangers, especially as the Pure Champion. Had a great match to unify the Pure and the ROH titles with Brian Danielson. Their matches were phenomenal. And just his persona in general at that time, he was on one with Ring of Honor from like the late, the mid to late 2000s. He was absolutely on fire. And I remember he wound up having an opportunity to be part of the WWE and nearly got that opportunity. But of course, some tests came back and he couldn't be part of it because they had a physical that wound up resulting in him needing surgery to heal up an old biceps injury, then decided to sign up with TNA instead. And I'll say this, he had some phenomenal matches in TNA as well. This is like right before Hogan and also right after Hogan joined up. He was absolutely crushing it in every single way. Absolutely loved watching his stuff as Desmond Wolf. Now, once he got into fortune, it wound up being a little bit of a mess. But the dude was over like Rover with the fans. And him and Angle had a great three degrees of pain match. I think a lot of people need to go watch sometime in the near future. Obviously, his career was cut short due to injury. But just so so much fun to see what happened over the course of his career. The fact that he actually got an opportunity to have a second half of his career in terms of being a play-by-play commentator, and has actually been really good. And now he's part of NXT UK, soon to be now NXT Europe, and hopefully Nigel does have a spot in WWE as a commentator, because he is pretty damn good. Now, it makes you wonder, like, again, a lot of this other list right here, I'm going to use some of these guys that, obviously, Ariel Hawani included, because I think he nails... Some of this. Wade Barrett absolutely deserves to be in this list. But I'll put Paige at number five because I think it's more because she was one of those first inklings of a women's revolution. She wasn't the one that sowed the seeds back in the early 2000s, as WWE would like to say. But I think with her NXT run, originally she did a phenomenal job as their first NXT Women's Champion. Her debut in New Orleans night after Mania was one of the biggest pops of the year. Her career was short on the main roster, but I think it was absolutely a ton of fun to see what she was able to do inside a squared circle, and I think she was one of the best women's wrestlers in the UK. In terms of honorable mentions, I can throw in Drew McIntyre, Finley. Finley, again, I think... It's more because of the contributions I think he's had outside of the ring rather than inside the ring. Because I bring up Paige, Finley is the one that I think we all have to credit for the women's revolution, not Stephanie McMahon. He was the one that helped train a lot of the women and helped them get a lot better. So Drew McIntyre, Fit Finley, deserve to be in this list. Big Daddy, I think, could be number five. But I wanted to put Paige in there so because I think she definitely deserves it. And I want to give her flowers as she is wrapping up her in-ring career. At least it seems to be that way. It's a damn shame because she was a fun sports entertainer and wrestler as well. I'll also throw in a little bit of a different one here in the honorable mentions that wasn't included. 
I think it's simply because of kind of the the folk hero he is. Because to a certain extent, there was nobody bigger in the UK scene. And a guy that made you actually pay attention to the UK scene. And that's none other than... I I love it. Grado. How can we not include Grado in this list? Yes, his career didn't have major championships, didn't have all the things that a lot of these other guys have. But I think at the end of the end of the day, he was bar none one of the most entertaining characters. He was viral, like at the peak of whenever you saw wrestling go viral. It wasn't by doing anything like Joey Ryan was doing or even, you know, something like being the elite guys were, he was doing it simply because he was just a fun loving guy, comedy character. And it worked. Cause I mean, I can remember watching several times over the great Oberg entrance with Madonna's like a prayer. Fans are losing their minds watching those entrances over and over again, he had a very special connection with that fan base. And that puts him, I think, in my honorable mentions. Had a mediocre run in TNA, Impact Wrestling, whatever you want to call it. But still, was a hell of a hand in the ring. Always loved seeing him on there. And also the fact that he's kind of parlayed this into... A career outside of wrestling, that's always a good thing to see. But that's about all I got for this week's edition of the Cajun Strong Style Podcast. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles's exclusive pro wrestling podcast next week. Who boy, we got a big one for you. And we won't be dropping that one until probably Tuesday because obviously Labor Day is next Monday. And I think it's absolutely apropos to do it that way because... We've got Clash of the Castle on Saturday, the NXT NXT Europe kind of clash of champions unifying all the titles. Who knows what the hell is going to happen with the division after that? And also, you got all out Sunday night. Trust me, it's going to be a long one. So I'm not going to get too long win. I'm going to save my breaths for Monday. When I tape this pod, then drop that bad boy on a Tuesday morning. Until then, enjoy the wrestling. Don't be a jerk. And I'm out of here.